You're listening to the Primary Medicine Podcast with Kevin and Dimitri, bringing you the best in primary care CME that you can use in your everyday practice. Dr. Dimitri. I'm a family doctor with practice in Gatineau, Quebec, in Ottawa, Ontario. That's in Canada for our non-Canadian listeners. I am also a factory lecturer at McGill University. Just before the the big holiday break, Wahid was here talking about um, dental avulsions, and I thought it'd be interesting to continue the the whole dental theme for our first podcast of 2017 and talk about dental pain. Now, uh, I do tend to see dental pain from time to time in my walk-in, usually during the weekend when the patient isn't able to go see their dentist. And I think it's, it's important to have an idea of what differential is because there's there's a, actually a couple of different conditions here that can cause pain and in some ways may require medical management before the patient can see the dentist. Ultimately, just to you know, summarize everything, your job as a doctor, if somebody comes in with dental pain, is threefold. Number one is to control the pain, and it tends to respond pretty, very well to uh, anti-inflammatories, such as naproxen. You can go out with 375 BID or 500 BID. You can even give extra strain aspirin. And you may also need to give them an opioid, such as Tylenol 3, or if they're in a lot of pain, consider morphine or you know the, the stronger opioids. That's the number one. Number two is you need to figure out if they have a cellulitis or an infection recurring antibiotics. Uh, Generally, infections in the mouth are a bad thing and sometimes can even spread to the soft tissues of the neck, causing airway compromise or spread upwards to the sinuses and the orbit, causing periorbital cellulitis. So if somebody has what looks like a cellulitis or an infection, due to the dental pathology, you should consider giving them antibiotics. And your third job is to ultimately direct them to see a dentist. It does help to know how um, urgent the referral should be. So again, that's where the differential will help you. So let's go go a bit through the differential. And I think the, the most important thing to, to start with is the actual tooth anatomy, because the anatomy itself will ultimately lead to your differential here. The, so teeth have generally three layers. You have the outer layer, this is called the enamel. This is the hard mineralized structure that protects the crown. And this is what you see when, when you look in somebody's mouth is the enamel. Then further down, you have something called the dentine. That's a dense bony tissue and it forms the bulk of the tooth. And then further down, you have something called the pulp. And the pulp is what contains the neurovasculature of the tooth. And it is through the pulp or th- or more or specifically through the APCs or roots of the pulp that the tooth is connected to the neurovascular supply of the jaw. Surrounding the tooth you have the gums and the gums and the tooth are connected through something called the periodontal ligament. So again when dealing with dental pain think about those structures because your differential is based on those structures. So let's start with dental pain due to enamel disease. So this is the easiest thing. Obviously, if only the top of the tooth is is affected, so the enamel is affected, you you will not have pain. So it's rare that you ha- ever see a patient with dental caries in your office. This is what the do- the dentists do. 
Um, and, not, and the way that dental caries form is, is, is really simple. And most of us know this, but you have bacteria that really like carbohydrates. They ferment the carbohydrates. This produces an acid-like solution that starts destroying the enamel. So again, dental caries by themselves can be visualized. Often if they're, if they're advanced, you can see a brownish discoloration. You rarely, if ever, see a patient coming to a doctor for this problem. So if the carie is untreated and moves further down through the dentine, you can get something called reversible pulpitis. So reversible pulpitis is, occurs when there's the, the infection inflammatory process in the dentine that's overlying the pulp. So the pulp isn't that much affected yet, but it is still inflamed. So because ultimately the inflammation into the dentine is impinging onto the border of the pulp. The way this presents is sensitive teeth. So sensitivity to hot, cold, or even sweet stimuli that tends to resolve spontaneously. Again, it doesn't necessarily present with dental pain. So you, you pretty much never see anybody coming to your office complaining of, for them, of, about this. Although if somebody does, if somebody tells you they have sensitive teeth, especially if they're saying it's to hot, cold, or sweet stimuli, you may <laughs> send them to a dentist because they probably have a dental carry that's, that's progressing to the pulp. Now, if it does progress through the dentine and into the pulp, you get something called irreversible pulpitis. The reason why it's called irreversible is because usually with reversible pulpitis or dental caries, you can easily treat this by scraping out the infection and inflammation and filling the tooth. But once the inflammation is within the pulp, this starts to cause necrosis. So the treatment may end up being tooth extraction or a root canal. So in fact, in irreversible pulpitis, you have the inflammation right into the pulp, affecting the neurovasculature as well. This, you, this is the, the one differential that you might end up seeing in the office, and, and I've seen in the office a couple of times, the, because it, it's painful. It can be actually quite, quite painful. The, the pain, however, is not, it's poorly localized. So, so the, the person may come in complaining of upper jaw pain and can't really localize the tooth that's causing it. Thankfully, you can localize your tooth that's causing it because the tooth will be sensitive to, to percussion. So if you percuss with a tongue depressor or a metal rod, and you, you can find which tooth seems to be the problem because that tooth will be quite sensitive. Now, you can't do much for these people except, again, pain control and send them to see a dentist within the week. They rarely require, require antibiotics. However, if uh, the irreversible pulpitis is not treated and the inflammation goes further down all the way to the, to the, tooth, the root of the teeth, or also known as the APCs, you can get something called apical periodontitis. And this, again, you might see sometimes on the emerge or on the walk-in because the way it presents is severe pain. It's severe pain that will localize to the affected tooth. So the difference between the irreversible pulpitis and the periodontitis here is that it will localize to the tooth in question. And again, the tooth in question will be sensitive to percussion, although that doesn't really help you that much because you know which tooth is affected. These guys need good pain control because the pain can be quite severe and they need to be see, they need to see a dentist pretty quickly with, within a couple of days. Uh, if they're not treated, what can happen sometimes is you can get an apical abscess. So you can have an abscess 
arising from the root of the teeth. And this can be visualized. You can look at the gums and you can see the abscess. I've seen this once. You can see the, the pus-filled abscess coming out of the gums. It may or may not be painful, depending if it's draining or not. Um, you Some doctors have drained these before. I, I have no idea how to do it myself, so I, I leave that to the dentist. But you can drain them like an abscess. The big thing about the, um, ap the apical abscess is that it can often be accompanied by cellulitis of the gums and the soft tissues. So if you see a lot of swelling and erythema, it's probably a good idea to treat, uh, to treat this with an antibiotic. Um, anything penicillin-based, for example, um, so anti because it's antiseptococcal, you can use penicillin at 50 milligrams per kilograms per day for kids, or something like amoxicillin at 500 milligrams POTID for adults. If they're allergic to penicillin, you may you want to use clindamycin or erythromycin. Of course, remember clindamycin has its own issues, um, causing GI problems and increasing the chance of GI infections. But you know, the, the issue with dental infections, as I mentioned earlier, is that they can spread to the soft tissues. They can cause periorbital cellulitis. They can cause soft tissue abscess and even um, airway compromise so some you need to be a bit more aggressive the, the, the big tell here is is the erythema but not even that it's the if the patient comes with fever and tooth pain they certainly require antibiotics and should see a, a dentist within i mean as soon as possible ultimately as, as soon as you can um, if you can drain the abscess great if you can't well make sure they have treatment for antibiotics and they have treatment for pain so again to to summarize what i've talked about here is as Ultimately, just imagine the, the tooth disease progressing from the enamel all the way to the, to the apis or the root of the tooth and the different conditions and different presentations it has. So you, have, you start with the dental caries, which you can visualize, but often have no, there's no, there's no presentation whatsoever. The, the, the patient won't have any pain. Then you move, as you move into the pulp, you get the, irreverse, the reversible pulpitis, which patient will present with tooth sensitivity then you have the reversible the irreversible papitis where the patient will present with pain that's poorly localized however on examination can be tapped can be palpated or tapped and can localize the tooth and then you move into the apis to apical to apical periodontitis which uh, presents with severe pain that's very that's easily localized to the tooth and then you have the apical abscess formation with possibly overlying cellulitis, which can be localized as well, but it can be quite painful. So again, as you see, knowing the anatomy helps a lot with being able to tell the differential. And most likely in your office, you'll see the, the sort of the late stage tooth disease. So the irreversible pulpitis, the apical periodontitis, or the abscess formation. So those are the issues of tooth. So what, what, what about the gums and the periodontal ligament. So obviously the gums, you have something called gingivitis, which is the, the same process as the teeth. You have bacteria or food stuck around the gums causing inflammation. Uh, the food usually what happens is it gets stuck between the tooth and the gum, hence why people theoretically should be flossing. And it can initially cause gingivitis, but if it's not treated, if it's not treated, you get you get something pericorneitis, which is actual inflammation of the periodontal ligament. Uh, this is very painful. 
Uh, in fact, not only that, so it's localized to the tooth, it's painful, it's painful to percussion, but sometimes the tooth is loose because of the fact that the gums are no longer stable around the tooth, and sh they should they should see a dentist pretty quickly. It may even require anti antibiotics. And then the, the, the final thing to look out for is something called pericoronitis. This usually happens to wisdom teeth. Um, what's happening is wisdom teeth are, tend to be low-lying, so sometimes they have a bit of of gum tissue on top of them, on top of the crown. If there's some food particles stuck between the, the tooth and that gum tissue, you, you can it can cause swelling, pain, and inflammation. And you can often see it on exam. You can even sometimes lift that flap of tissue and see the, the food stuck there. Um, it, it can be treated in the office. You just get them to wash with salt gargles. And the dentist can often irrigate irrigate the gum themselves. Again, this is this. You see the gingivitis uh, less often, but you certainly may see some inflammation of the periodontal ligament uh, because that's quite painful and it can be quite throbbing. And again, remember those guys. Give them pain medication. Make sure there's no overlying cellulitis and send this to see a dentist. So that's in terms of tooth pain. So dental origin for tooth pain. That's that's the big that's a big differential. I'll just finish off with some causes of tooth some causes of pain that seems to come from a tooth which are not caused by the tooth, if you know what I mean. And the most common thing I've seen in my office is sinusitis. So maxillary sinusitis often presents with pain of, of the upper jaw and upper teeth, right? Um, uh, granted, most patients won't come in complaining of tooth pain. It will come on a history. But I've had a case or two of people coming, listen, my, my teeth hurt or my tooth hurts. What's happening? Then when you go into into actually asking them about the, uh, the their symptoms, it ends up being that they have a sinus infection. So again, that's practically your, that's probably the biggest differential you should consider when somebody comes in complaining of what seems to be tooth pain. I mean, there's some other things you should consider, also myofascial inflammation, so muscle-related, TMJ-related, sometimes migraines, which can present like sinus infections, can present with teeth pain, and some people get trigeminal neuralgias. But again, my experience has been that most commonly, it's a, it, the biggest one is a sinus infection. Hopefully that has been helpful. Again, I think it's it's important to, to know a bit about the teeth because you do end up getting these patients. and. You know, it's it's a, the differential is a bit more broad than just having a dental carry. Just remember that pain control is, is very important, and you may consider antibiotic usage if there is a fever or evidence of tissue infection. Um, again, you can be liberal with pretty liberal with antibiotics when dealing with teeth infections because of the complications, and uh, make sure that the patient sees a dentist as soon as possible within a couple of days, depending on the process, or within a week. And if you know how to drain an abscess and the gums, good for you. But if, if you don't, obviously, you know, obviously get one of uh, the dentists to do it. So hopefully this was helpful. And I think for the next podcast, we'll have Dr. Waheed coming back. Uh, we might end up talking about frostbite, given that it's uh, the month of February that's coming up. Anyways, all the best to you guys. Bye.